Hello and welcome to our podcast, Shut the Fuck Up, We Are Not Done Talking Yet, with Sharla Gabert and Danielle Warriman. I'm Sharla. And I'm Danielle. In our podcast, we discuss current events, popular culture, writing, books, movies, and women's lives. We are smart, funny, and occasionally profane. We hope you enjoy our podcast and thanks for listening. Charlotte here. Hi, Charla. So nice to see you slash hear you today. Yeah, I know. We're trying a new thing today. We're going to do our second podcast using Zoom video conferencing. So I'm in my home office and Danielle must be in her kitchen. I'm in my kitchen. I have to tell you, we had to call each other about 10 times to make this work, not because we're too technically challenged. We also figured out how to record it and upload it to our podcast platform, but it's been a a few minutes of calling each other a little um, curve here, learning curve. Yeah, but we're not going to be deterred. We, and Danielle's brilliant at this. So just so you know, she's, she's in charge. Yeah. Yesterday was Thursday. We were hoping to do a podcast. Uh, but we couldn't get to it yesterday because I was too tired. I had to have um, an immunotherapy treatment on Wednesday, which is for non-invasive bladder cancer. And it really exhausted me this time. It doesn't always. But at any rate, so I was pretty wiped out yesterday. And we have to wait until today. But that's yeah, okay. Today I've got I had... I had um... Jury duty yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I had to cancel my NIA class. So we were all over the place yesterday and didn't get to it. However, we are here today. Yeah, because we know that you listeners are breathlessly awaiting podcast number two. And listeners, you might not know this, but we had 341 listens last week to our 20-minute episode that cuts off at the end. Sorry about that. Sorry. Yeah, but don't worry, we're going to get there. Oh, and we're on two platforms now, Anchor and what's the other one called? Something. Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast. Now, there are many other platforms, so we're waiting for Anchor to put them out there. I'm not really sure why they're not elsewhere yet. We will find out. You know, it's just a learning curve. Yeah. So, yeah, so today, we thought we would talk about something that's in the news that is getting a lot of talk and we have opinions about. This is Michael Jackson, the Michael Jackson documentary. Okay, which just, so you know, we haven't actually seen the documentary itself. Um, But we're going to talk about kind of how we feel about when these allegations come forward um, and how we feel about when people that we admire and respect as artists or just in general turn out to have been, well, I guess you'd have to say assholes, you know, just bad people in some part of their life, their personal life, whatever. So that's the topic we're going to start out with. And um, we want to start with Michael Jackson, because 
Danielle, you loved Michael Jackson. Yes, I've always loved um, the Jackson 5 since I was a little girl. And then I sort of got this resurgence of love for him when he passed away 10 years ago. So he died in 2009. And I started choreographing tons of his songs to dance with in my Nia class and it was really fun and I'm known for people say oh yeah Danielle knows a lot of Michael Jackson songs <laughs> yeah yeah and then he died and that movie came out about him um, the film of him preparing for his concert in London oh. before he died and anyway I could watch him dance and sing to him for an eternity in fact this week XM Radio has, a, I guess, a lot of their programming pre-programmed and they just kept playing him. So I'm driving home and they're playing, you know, Earth Song and I'm bawling my head out. I'm singing as loud as I can and crying in the car uh, because I don't know if I'm going to let myself listen to him otherwise. Then I thought, well, I'm not really giving him any more money. I already own this music. It's empty <laughs> that I've got for 10 years. So anyway, that's what's uh, going on. I'm devastated by the news that for sure he um, was a sexual freak and hurt these men, these men who were then boys. Yeah, well, we were talking about what if the, I guess, you know, we could go down the path first of all of what if the allegations aren't true, right? Or is it possible these guys are doing it for money? I guess that's one theory that's out there. It's a theory that's out there. I have, people have mentioned it. I didn't see the articles that state that, but um, I, you know, then the, then they would, we would be saying they're acting, they're making this up. So they're like put themselves on the HBO show and they're really good actors and they're going to cry and they're doing it for money. And um my sense is that they're not doing that. That is my sense. What about you? What's your sense, Charlotte? Yeah, you know, most of the time, I feel like when people come forward with allegations about sexual misbehavior, most of the time, I tend to believe the person who's coming forward. Kind of like we talked about last week. Why would anybody put themselves through this if it weren't true? You know, there may be a small percentage of people who are willing to do this for fame and fortune. Um, I, I can't really rule that out. I only say that because people do a lot of crazy things for fame and fortune and people do crazy things on like reality TV just to be on television. Um, so it's possible that people might wanna seek out notoriety and fame and fortune by coming forward with these allegations about people who themselves are already famous. I can accept that that might be the case. In some cases, but I feel like it's a minority of times that this would happen. Um, I feel so as well. I think that we all, I should speak for myself, I always heard these allegations against him when they were going on and then also when he died. And, you know, he'd always gotten out of them all because right. he settled out of court, which almost 
implies guilt. Like, oh, these parents come to him and go, we know you did this. And he, um, he paid them off. Yes. Um, so that's super creepy. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, all right. So let's, let's consider that these allegations are true. Then it's kind of like, now what? As now what? Michael Jackson, what do you feel? What do you think? And what do you do? I mean, do you boycott Michael Jackson music forever and never do another Nia routine choreographed to his music? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I guess my feeling is we have to, we're almost obligated to separate the people from the art they created. I don't think that means they get a free pass. Like, I don't subscribe to the idea that this person was a genius and therefore they get a get out of jail free card. They didn't have to be good human beings. You know, it's like, let's say Beethoven used to beat his wife. All right. Just because he was Beethoven and a genius doesn't mean he shouldn't have beaten his wife. No, but, but does that mean that you would stop listening to him? He's been dead for 200 something years. <laughs> would you stop listening to him? That's the question. Well, that question is, no, I will not stop listening to Beethoven because he beat his wife. Right. Did you, will you stop reading Lord of the Rings because J.R.L. Tolkien was a dick to women? Also true. I would not do that. Will yeah. you, will, hold on. I'm not done. Will, okay. you see, will you see Woody Allen movies? He oh. married his daughter. He married his adoptive daughter. How do we deal with that? Some people won't see him and they won't see his movies. They're like, okay, I'm yeah. done with that. I happen to think he's a brilliant filmmaker. So. You know what? This is very interesting. Okay. I have, um, okay. I have always liked Woody Allen. But some of his movies I thought were sort of creepy because the character in them is very close to him. And he, for example, remember the one Manhattan where he's basically as an adult male dating a girl who's in private school in Manhattan. Maybe she's 17. She's still a school student. And I thought that was creepy as far as the content of the movie. And in that sense, the content of the movie is very close maybe to his own um, sexual predilections, let's say. So I was kind of creeped out about that. Plus I often thought his movies were unrealistic. He would always have like this goofy character being um, pursued by all these gorgeous women who in reality wouldn't have given somebody like that the time of day, but okay. But wait, to go back wait, to there's something appealing about neurotic uh, Jewish men <laughs> who are not good looking, but they're really smart. <laughs> Appeal, think about it. Oh, listen, when I was in college, a friend of a friend was so enamored of him. Okay, this, we were in Providence, Rhode Island. She went to New York. She tracked down his apartment, his address, she rang the doorbell and was admitted by his friend 
oh, what's his name? Tony Roberts, Tony Robbins, who was in some of his movies, right? And then the three of them had a chat and she told Woody Allen how he was the only man for her. It was so hilarious. And he was really nice to her. And then he sent her on his on her way. I mean, he didn't call the police for stalking or anything. So yeah, this was in the nineteen late nineteen seventies, and um, I think a lot of women were they were kind of attracted to him at that time. It was probably the Annie Hall era, right? Yeah, yeah. But okay, so I guess I would say that I would not stop going to Woody Allen movies just because he married like his stepdaughter even though i find that behavior very weird and creepy right so we've got a lot of contradictions here or dilemmas of yes. what uh what the kind of the what's going to push our buttons enough to not to not deal with this artist anymore in the uh, in the me too movement so many artists have been called out now like this r kelly thing i don't even know who that man is but he is in big trouble he right. did some bad stuff and um the uh, you know kevin spacey james franco uh there are a dozen i'm not even remembering them all ck ck lewis, lewis of course, was very reprehensible uh the 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 man from um Oh my gosh, I forgot his name, so I have to stop saying, I'm trying to remember what his name is. But yeah, and then our, like we were saying, our, our the writers of your J.R. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, um, and oh, John Muir. John Muir was a racist. He called, he's oh, right. Indians are savages. He said, yeah, I was out in the park and um, the Indians are savages. And like, well, of course, uh, what was he thinking? Yeah. What a moron, why do you say that? You know. Here's where I think the way to deal with this is we go ahead and talk about these people as people and how flawed they were. We don't sweep it under the rug, but I feel like it's also wrong to reject their work out of hand because they were flawed people. Right. I, I feel like you have to sort of be honest about who they were. But does that mean you should boycott their work? I don't think so. I, I think unless their work itself is reprehensible, you know, some some writings might be reprehensible and you probably do want to boycott those. Okay, but current, right? current like the, um, the um, Harvey Weinstein. So he's in big trouble and he won't be making any films anytime soon. Oh, wow. But he made many, many, many films. Do we not watch them? Right. No, in a way, no. But here's here's a reason to watch them because he had an entire film crew and all the actors and actresses, and we can support the film by supporting them, even though yes. it's unfortunately produced by who it turned out to be a very bad man. Well, that's a good point. You know, if you boycott products or services or whatever because of one particular person who's involved you hurt everybody else who isn't and then they just become victims of that person's bad behavior in in yet another fashion so i would agree i mean i think like even with michael jackson if you boycott his music and stop playing it um his estate suffers and then so his estate is like what his children get that money i don't know it just seems sort of pointless. 
And, and it's a, yeah, a little bit pointless. His family, whoever's inheriting his estate, his children and whomever, they used to own the, all of the Beatles songs. They owned all the, the music from Lennon McCartney. Oh, that's right. And then they may have, it might have sold it. Like they're bazillionaires many times over, even if yeah. everyone stopped listening to Thriller today. I mean, come on, it's not, you know, yeah. Right. That's a good point. So we're not really hurting them by boycotting Michael Jackson. Probably not. I someone might disagree with us, but I'm. I think. I think we're not hurting them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I guess I would say that as long as the artist made work that is itself artistic and made the world a better place. And we would all be, it would not be as good of a world without that work. Then I'm like, I think the work should just stand. It should still be there, right? Um, yeah. And, but all the facts about the person, their lives should also be there side by side, right? Um, and again, just to go back to my earlier point, I don't think people should get free passes for being assholes because they were great artists. I mean, I think there's actually this sort of general thought that sometimes artists get away with bad behavior because they're great artists. And in fact, maybe they even need to be like bad boys and misbehave because that's somehow the source of their art. As you know, like maybe some painters who about all of them all those french painters and, and the spanish picasso was supposed to be picasso notorious okay, womanizer. exactly you wouldn't have wanted to be picasso's girlfriend or his wife's right so um yeah and it's like i think picasso actually argued that his creativity um and his sexuality all sort of came from the same source and so he kind of needed to have all these sexual adventures in order to fuel his artistic creativity. His muse, they were his muse. That's true. Yeah. As it were. You know, mm -hmm. maybe this is something male, male artists would fall back on more often that they need this sort of, you know, or, or they need to be, let's say, not um in the mainstream they need to be doing something that is against society you know having lots of lovers or whatever that that's part of their um identity as an artist is to you know you're kind of rebelling against society you're misbehaving and that it, this is sort of an ex you know it's an excuse you get to do it because that's because you're an artist and artists get to misbehave and I don't really agree with this, but um, I think it is actually a fairly strong current that you kind of come across with artists of all types, that they're, they're trying to go against the grain and this somehow gives them, they have license to, you know, shock people and do bad things. And I don't know, it's like the whole thing of like, drugs and alcohol you know it's like so many people go down that path 
as if it's almost a requirement and like the only way they could produce all this great music or art was that they were drug addicts and or alcoholics you know just it just seems like such a common pathway that people right. follow yeah but also or, you know I, I, if i can offer this explanation or tidbit here is that um you know tortured artists they're an emo they're emotional beings yes their uh, artists are are watery and they um can't necessarily stand on the ground with two feet and they have to make their art to feel complete and then when they're not making their art they're more tormented so they do all this you know drinking and uh mm -hmm drugs mm -hmm. and and having illicit sex and i don't know what else doing all sorts of things wow i watched the gang the van gogh movie recently which i absolutely loved the one that came out um and it was nominated for uh what's his name was nominated for best actor i can't remember his name right this minute i'm so embarrassed do you no no I don't. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> Another topic on our show is short attention span. Charlotte and I have, I have very bad memory right now. It's so sad. So I need to make notes before we make recordings. But no, he was a mentally ill man. He would, that he cut off his ear. He, and yet and he was painting all these brilliant things and no one appreciated it until after he died. OMG. Right. OMG. It was crazy. So yes, they're, I think that they're watery people and that they have shit going on. You know, there's a cool book called The Van Gogh Blues. And it's about how people who are artistic, when they're blocked or they're not creating their art, they get depressed. Interesting, huh? That's sort of the premise. I read this book a long time ago. Um, it really made me aware of how kind of blocked I was in not letting my artistic urges come forward, whether it was writing or making mosaics or singing. Um, and it was really interesting because the solution to that kind of depression is just to do your art, right? It's too simple. It's like you're unhappy and depressed because you're not making art. So if you go make art, then you won't be unhappy and depressed. End of story. It's just that simple. So, um, yeah, so I guess we're kind of coming back to the fact that we have some tortured people. And you know Michael Jackson was tortured, right? Because, like you were telling me earlier, yeah. his father beat him. Yep. And he yeah. was... Yeah, tell us a little bit about what you know. I understand, I understand that they were woken up very early in the morning to rehearse. This is all of the boys. And they had to rehearse from four, at 4 a.m. and then go to school all day and then come home and rehearse and then do their gigs at night and where they lived. Remember, they, Gary, Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, and then right. move to, um, and then uh, go back to come home, go to bed and start it all over again. So they got very little sleep. And then if they weren't performing right, if, if Michael, little baby Michael didn't hit his notes, you know, he got beaten with the belt. And I don't know if all of them did, the, the other kids were bigger, but that is, that is true. The mother um, said that happened. She, uh, Michael Jackson's mother acknowledged that that was true. Well, you know, see then, that's like, that is very abusive. That's like right up there. That's like slavery, my gosh. Yep. 
Yeah, well, you know, obviously, I think many, many people who grow up to be abusers were abusers themselves. I mean, sorry, were abused themselves. That's pretty common. It's a, it's a cycle. Where that behavior came from. And so you have to have some compassion for the abuser because once upon a time, they were the abused as well. And even though they kind of become monsters, or at least that's kind of the way you must, that's the way I would look at it, someone who sexually abuses a child, especially that they're just a monster. Um, I guess I also have to feel like I have to have some compassion for them at the same time that I'm judging them. It, you know, except part of me feels like if you were, if you endured that as a child, why would you turn around and do that as an adult? To another child obviously that's a psychological thing people that's normal behavior but it's it's also sort of hard for me to understand it seems like you would do everything you could to avoid repeating that kind of behavior so i guess it just shows what a strong compulsion it is it's a strong compulsion um they don't get help they didn't see counseling um yes right yes. Need counseling when they um suffer from trauma uh, that some people might have been able to not do that as adults, not be the abuser as adults. And that's, right. It's a tough right. one. It's a tough one. So you're right. I, I like your sentence that you just said to have compassion also because they, they came from scary things and then, and then perpetrated it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess with this, this topic, it's not like we have all the answers. <laughs> Right, Goodness, but, we sure don't. Um, it's it's kind of a tangled tangled web. It really is. But I think it's worth talking about because we are confronted with so many examples of people in public life whose private lives are not exemplary. And we always have to make some sort of judgment about them. You know, you know, I remember like the whole Bill Clinton era when it was like, can you trust a president who cheats on his wife, right? You know, can you separate that bad private behavior from his behavior as a president? Yeah, I, I did, I separated it because I, I trusted him as a president. Um, the entire country of France mocked us while we were, um, had, right. Star was taking him to, to whatever towards impeachment and for lying. He did lie, uh, yeah. President Clinton. And then, you know, Europe's like, ha ha ha, we all do that and we're still really yes. presidents, ha ha ha, right? It, that literally happened. I, yeah. I, do re I do recall that. <laughs> I mean, I thought the issue, I mean, in retrospect, I feel like the issue was more that. Um, he was engaging in sexual harassment of yeah. a person at work. Um, was he also cheating on his wife? Yes. But I felt like the issue that was more important to me was that he was abusing his power with Monica Lewinsky. Absolutely correct. I, I didn't mean to make light of that. It was terrible. It would have been a different thing if he'd been having an affair with somebody maybe more equal in power, although who's equal in power <laughs> to the US president, right? Um, 
I mean, also, I, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Pre people who are powerful, powerful men attract women because women like to be near powerful men. Now, okay, that must sound bad because it sort of makes women sound like oh, losers who will attach themselves to powerful men, but they do. Uh, can I interrupt you? Why yeah. is Melania with Donald Trump? I mean, yeah, I mean, exactly. hello, hello. Yeah, rich men, powerful men, men who um, they ha they do have power and they have wealth, and so they're going to be attracted to people who would like to join in and and enjoy some of that. So, you know, with somebody like Bill Clinton, you know, I'm sure Monica Lewinsky had stars in her eyes and and probably fell for him in a certain way. And, uh, you know, she was foolish, but she was young. And, you know, I think about all the stupid things I did when I was her age that I wouldn't really want to have dragged through <laughs> um, t television and be asked about at a congressional hearing. You know, she was young and stupid. So what are you going to do? We all do sort of young and stupid things. Yeah. And Unfortunately, you know, she did such a young and stupid thing and a major national arena with the most powerful man in the world. So that was yeah, crazy. And, uh, you know, but looking back, looking back, the um, Clinton era is not necessarily tarnished by that. You know, mm -hmm. we all, I remember a time of prosperity and the United States was, you know, growing and it's kind mm -hmm. of at peace. It was before, um, before Iraq. It was like, yes, yeah, it was a kinder, gentler nation, despite him, you know, having, getting diddled under the, the desk. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I think that that crime, quote unquote, I guess his real crime was that he lied about it but to the special prosecutor and the the thing is that just seems so small in comparison to the kind of crimes that are ongoing and have gone on with donald j trump our current president in so many areas anything that he has touched he has done in a corrupt way in a criminal fashion whether it's his nonprofit his inauguration committee, his campaign for president, everything, right? His fake university. Oh, gosh, I forgot. Yes, of course. Uh, his absolute BS of a TV show where he got to fire people, but in fact, he was never good at anything he did. It was just ridiculous. Yeah, he's he's really kind of a, an amazing character in the sense of he's he's a notorious failure and loser who somehow catapulted himself into this position far beyond his abilities and his skill. I mean, he knew, he thought he would never get elected, apparently, and knew that he was not qualified to be president. Um, but yeah, he's, he's really a fascinating case of somebody who has reached a level far beyond their abilities. Remember the Peter Principle? That is kind of Donald Trump 
in a nutshell. He's risen far above his own level of, of aptitude and skill and experience. Um, yeah, it's so fascinating. You know what just came across my uh, screen while we've been talking is that he vetoed uh, the uh, bill, uh, the one that they shot down the emergency wall thing, and he just vetoed it. Yeah, well, I think they think there aren't enough votes to override his veto in the Senate. So I guess, yeah. I don't think there are enough votes, but I guess we'll find out, right? Yeah, maybe some of those senators will have a conscience and not just go along with him. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Um, okay. Well, goodness gracious, we um, are coming up to 30 minutes of recording, Sharla. You might not realize that time what? flies. I know, time flies. And, you know, we weren't even sure this would be sufficient topic, but apparently, yes. yes. It is. And we will... I'm, I'm sure we're going to bring it up again because we want to make the announcement that we we talked about Rima Zaman's book last week and she has agreed to be a guest on our show. I can't guarantee it's going to be the next show because we haven't um, booked her yet. And we have a bunch of other guests lined up who are authors, writers, writing teachers. So a bunch of cool people that want to talk on our show. And I feel really honored by that. Yeah, uh, we do. You know, I think between the two of us, we know some really cool, interesting people. I would say mainly women. Um, we haven't really discussed whether men will ever be on our, yes, well, no, we, have, we have discussed, we thought we would invite my husband. And my and husband. About why men do certain things. Why do men not ask for directions? Why men won't go to the doctor when they're sick? You know, maybe give us a little insight to the male brain. Yeah, but also, Charlotte, we're going to invite Steve Almond, who's our writing teacher oh, yes. and published author, and he's he's a really great guy to talk to. He's a, he's all for women. He loves women, so it'd be yes. fun to talk to him um, about his writing and his his teaching and stuff like that. He's a cool guy. He, he he's so works cool. with uh, he's on a podcast with Cheryl Strade called Dear Sugars. I believe they are no longer recording new ones, and they're um, in replay. Right. But everyone loves Dear Sugar. Duh. Yes. Yes, I know. If only we could aspire to being at that level, really, because yeah. the two of them together, Cheryl Strait and Steve Allman, what an amazing team. I know. So I'm addicted to their little voices. Like when they get on the show and they say, we're coming straight to your ears. And I get kind yeah. of excited. I get a little flutter in my chest. Steve um, Allman has such a sexy voice too. He really does. I'm not joking. It's so, it's, it's so great. And then it was so wonderful to meet him in person twice and be his student. I got a lot out of uh, writing and getting his feedback. Yeah, he's a, he's a great writing teacher. He's a fantastic journalist. And, you know, just to toot his horn, he has a book called What the Hell Just Happened to Our Country. He wrote it after Trump was elected. And I think it's one of the smartest books I've read or about what happened, how it happened, why it happened. He just takes it apart, all the different threads that led to the election of Donald J. Trump. And it's really smart. It's a quick read, highly recommended. What the hell just happened to our country? Yeah, we'll have, we'll have him on and talk more about that. And um, what else? Did you have anything else you wanted to wrap up? So we are our podcast is Shut the Fuck Up. We're not done talking yet. I am Danielle Warman, and... 
And I'm Charlotte Gabert. Yeah, so thank you for listening to our show. Um, please share it with others if you enjoyed it, to put it up on social media or send our link to in an email or whatever. That would be awesome. Oh, and, and if you have any great ideas for topics that you would like us to discuss, or even people, guests that you'd like us to have on, you know, just let us know. We are open. We are definitely open. Um, is there any, yeah, should we just end on a light note? So I always wanted to say that it sounds like I've been a 30 year smoker. I have this like kind of gravelly voice, but I don't, I, I, I did smoke when I was young, but I gave up, but this is just my <clears throat> gravelly voice. It's just the way it is. It's funny. My voice comes out very nasally and it could be because I'm fighting a cold, but I think actually, um, for some reason when I'm talking into a microphone, my voice changes from my normal voice and because I'm just self-conscious. So I think I don't really sound like this, but maybe I do. And if I do, sorry, everyone, because, you know, no one likes to listen to their own voice recorded. It just never sounds like it. And it doesn't because it's not the same thing because you hear your own voice through also bones in your head that transmit sound to your ears. Did you know that? That's why it doesn't sound the same to you. Yeah, so well, I didn't know about, that. That's just another example of how smart you are. I know. I know a lot of. I know a lot about a little. It's very shallow but wide. <laughs> That's my knowledge base. That's why podcasts are perfect because you know I don't have to know a lot about a little. I mean, a little about a lot. I know a lot about a little. No, wait. Did I say it wrong? Little about a lot. The end. That's the way I have. That's right. So we decided, also, listeners. We were born to do this. We were born to podcast. Charla, you were born to podcast. Danielle, you were born to podcast. All right, so we're going to do a virtual high five, possibly a virtual high 10. Woo! And that second episode of Shut the Fuck Up, We're Not Done Talking Yet is, uh, is a wrap. And we look forward to uh, being back next week with some guests, but we haven't lined up exactly, but someone's coming on. That's right, people. Just stay tuned and we'll see you next time. Bye yeah, for now. See you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye.